ladies and gentlemen, live from the West Coast, it's time for Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Your inside look into combat sports. Ring Talk Live Worldwide is brought to you by the World Boxing Council, the WBC. That is just a fact of life. And now, the host of the longest-running fight show in radio and Internet history, Pedro Fernandez. Woo! going to be good. Damas y caballeros, bienvenidos, ladies and gentlemen, emanating, coming at you from the multi-million dollar sports byline studios in San Francisco. Check it. This is Ring Talk Live Worldwide and WBC TV. Often imitated but hardly duplicated, 37 make that 38 plus years now of knocking out all bums. Who am I? My name is Pedro Fernandez. I am your ever so modest host. And when I say modest, think caps. I'm a four-time Golden Glove champion, and I've won some awards for my writing. So supposedly, allegedly, I know a little bit about boxing. But guess what? The average fan knows a little bit more. They buy the tickets. They buy the pay-per-view. Give us a call if you'd like on the toll-free text line. The number, 415-275-1613. The studio text line once again here, 415-275-1613. Well, it's official. Devin Haney. San Francisco native, of course, fighting out of Las Vegas, Nevada, the WBC title holder, 26-0. Going to take that record and go down down under. He's going to take on George Cambosis. Looks like June the 4th is the date in Australia. Of course, Cambosis, 21-22-0, 48-0 combined records. Of course, somebody's of those got to go unless it's a draw. But the bottom line is this will be an exciting matchup where you can flip a coin. Nobody knows really. And there's no cinch here. There's no dead no dead giveaway. In other words, this fight will be a close fight on paper. It will probably be a close fight in the ring as well. Of course, June the 4th, George Cambos is defending the World Lightweight Championship against Devin Haney, who has the WBC belt. So we'll talk about that in depth today. Of course, we'll talk about the welterweights as well. We are about two weeks away from uh, Udi Urgus, of course, the Cuban national, of course, the guy that upset Manny Pacquiao last year. Of course, he's going to take on Errol Spence. Errol Spence? Question marks about Errol. Big question marks. Anyway, bottom line is, you are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. The text line once again. 415-275-1613. That's 415-275-1613. This is Ring Talk Live Worldwide, brought to you in part by the World Boxing Council. Check out their interactive website, wbcboxing.com. Ring Talk, more of it after the break. Like when I was in this marriage, I was so, I was wide open like a puppy dog. She could have did anything. I was like, okay, I love you still. You know, um, I, didn't, I didn't care about any money. And I always didn't want to live with my wife at the time. I was just a young kid. And I've never really been in that degree of matrimony before. And it just, it just, it just devastated me. I wouldn't prepare for any kind of emotional struggle like that at all. That's what role model had you had for a good marriage. Nobody really. Just entertainers I would watch. And the most entertaining that I would watch were womanizers. Of course, pimps. That's what he said. Womanizers and pimps. That was Mike Tyson's role models growing up. No doubt about that. Of course, Iron Mike Tyson, the Robin Gibbons marriage, of course, that was doomed. Uh, that was doomed to fail when she showed up for their first date. Their first date, get this, with an accountant. No, two accountants, a publicist, and who the hell was Oh, her mother, Ruth Roper. Of course, she was famous, uh, most famous for getting herpes from, uh, reportedly getting herpes from former New York Yankees outfielder Dave Winfield. That was her claim to fame, Ruth Roper. Ruthless Ruth Roper, that's what I called her. She got upset about that. And, of course, they sent me a cease and desist letter 
I'm repeating myself, but the, uh, they sent me a, a cease and desist, desist letter because I called her Robin Gibbons in print, R-O-B-B-I-N apostrophe. Bottom line is they were offended. You are tuned to Ring Talk, as well they should be because they were offensive. I'm talking about Robin Gibbons and her mother, Ruth Roper. Straight up, you are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Let's take it from the West Coast to the East Coast and bring in the Bronx Bomber himself, Mr. Socrates Palmer Jr. How are you today, sir? I'm doing great, Pedro. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday. Clarissa Shields, of course, the uh, calls herself the greatest woman of all time, this kind of stuff. She, has, she, has she got any knockouts on her record at all? I don't believe so. I think it's maybe in the third grade she might have knocked out some chick that, you know, broke a crayon. I, I can't remember that. Yeah, when she talks a good game, hopefully somebody like Savannah Marshall is going to step up and, and take care of her. Hopefully, I want to see, listen, if women's boxing is to is to flourish, there's got to be some competitive fights. You just can't have one girl saying, hey, I'm the greatest, I'm the greatest. I'm the greatest. Well, show me, prove me, give it to me. Anyway, bottom line is women's boxing, I think, is about to come back. Uh, we've got Serrano doing her thing a little bit later, yes. of course. That's going to be a big – how are the tickets going on that? You know, I haven't checked, but it's definitely a big fight, you know, and it no matter the genders, I mean, this it's a big deal. I mean, two ladies main eventing Madison Square Garden, you know, it's a big deal. Um, it should be a very competitive fight. I mean, these are the two most successful uh, female fighters of this generation. Uh, Katie Taylor came, you know, really a pioneer, you know, as far as her amateur career. Um, Amanda Serrano, all she does is win. You know, she had a, one loss years ago, and ever since then she just has steamrolled through her competition. Mm -hmm. She... She is the real deal. You Man weren't, or woman. Well, time I tell my you weren't always a you weren't always so complimentary of her. Well, in the in the sense that the competition, I guess it's almost like the Roy Jones factor. You know, people. You know, when Roy was in his prime, oh, he's fighting nobodies. No, I think he's making them look like nobodies. And the same thing with Amanda Serrano. Now, granted, the the talent pool is very shallow in in women's boxing and women's sports in general. You know, but if you just watch her mechanics in there, she's really solid. She doesn't get knockouts. But then again, what woman, what woman is really knocking out other women in, in female, in you know, female prize fighting? You'd have to go back to Ann Wolf, who was the only one that was really concussing other women. <laughs> and and Ann Wolf is like the Mike Tyson of, of, of women's boxing. No, no, yeah. let's be honest. I used to call her this in my column, and I don't think she took offense to it. I used to call her Man Wolf. <laughs> she didn't take offense at it either she knew exactly where i was coming from because she was cutting through those girls like like a knife through butter and i remember leila ali i leila ali say hey you want to fight ann wolf she goes who who's ann wolf i said that would be like me asking your father who joe frazier was and of course leila ali never fought yeah. anybody really of that note but ann wolf would have handed her her lunch yes there's a reason why Leila Lee is still a beautiful lady at this stage in her life because she avoided Ann Wolf, rightfully so. Yaya McLean wanted no part <laughs> no, of Ann Wolf. And, you know, okay. and to the detriment of women's boxing, it would have been a great fight. Okay. Katie Taylor and the aforementioned Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano fight, of course, for the Undisputed Lightweight title. Those on April the 30th on the zone. Of course, coming to some MSG, Madison Square Garden. The same day, Shakur Stevenson, double S, 2016 Olympic. Silver medalist, of course, taking on Oscar Valdez, the WBC linear champion, 130 pounds. Did you see that Brichelt got knocked out, got, got, got lost every minute of every round last week and got knocked out? Did you see that, Miguel Brichelt? 
Wow. Yeah, I mean, if you talk about a fighter just being a shell of himself and how quickly things change year to year. I mean, Miguel Burchelt at one point was the boogeyman of, of the 130-pounders, and now he's done. I mean, he is cooked. Uh, Oscar Valdez obviously took the best out of him. And uh, the African fellow the other week, I can't remember his name, finished him off. You know, he he really, uh, I, I think it's time for a career change for, for Brichelp at this point. Because um, I think he can only get hurt, you know, okay. uh, if he keeps, if he continues. And, and, and probably he'd have to go up in weight. And then he'd really get hurt. Okay. Um, I, I almost um, I almost lost my lunch today when I saw that. That PB, uh, by the way, I saw Sam Watson at the concert last week, the uh, the oldies concert in L.A., and he was looking pretty good. But his boss, of course, is Al Heyman, mm. and Al Heyman has signed uh, Earl Spence to a contract, no, Terrence Crawford to a contract, and evidently the first fight is going to be with mm -hmm. Danny Garcia, and that, that excites me about as much as nothing. Yeah, it's really um, disappointing. a fight that makes you say... Yeah, yeah, it's like a why, you know. Um, I I understand because obviously the 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 idea you figure that it's just a stepping stone to build up to a Errol Spence fight, considering the fact that Errol gets by Ugas, who's a very live underdog. Um, you know, Danny is the gatekeeper. He's a safe fight. He's the guy that you know is going to give you rounds. Um, he's not going to necessarily try to win, I don't think. You know, he's that's not a been threat. Danny's he's MO not a the last few years. He's yeah, not, he's a, not no, a threat. No, you know, he, I hate to interrupt you, man, but he's mm -hmm. just not a threat. No, no, no. I mean, he is, he's a, he's a good businessman. That's what I think he is. I think he's a businessman. Um, he's done very well with his money. Uh, he's got investments. He's got a beautiful family. I think he's good enough to to go a, a long ways, maybe go to the distance in, in the fight against Crawford. Um, he's going to do enough to not get hurt, and Crawford should cut through him pretty easily. And then we'll get the mega fight that everybody's been waiting for. But both guys are really getting old. I mean, Terrence Crawford's 34 years old already. Yep. And so and, it's and now or never. 34, you know, and they uh, don't call him Bud because he's a buddy. What, what are you? Uh, ah, I just so. let it go there. I just let it go. They don't call him Bud because he's a buddy. <laughs> okay, they don't call him Bud because he's a buddy. That's what I was told. Anyway, Bud means something else. Um, hmm. Right. Can I put this. I would like to. I, I would like to see Terrence Crawford and, and, and Spence hook it up. But of course, that's going to depend on Mr. Ugas to an extent and uh, Udi Orgas. And 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 you got to give the Cubans some credit because he beat Crawford in the amateur. So he's he's not a slouch. I mean, he's beaten world class guys before. That is true. That there is some history there, um, and let's say you know he retired Manny Pacquiao. He also probably got robbed against Sean Porter. So, you know, Ugas is a live dog, and, and like you and I have said, I, Errol Spence is right for the for the taking. You know, I, I'm still not convinced that that he's back from that horrific uh, car accident that he, he sustained. He, you know, he was out there against Danny Garcia, and Danny really didn't impress him. So, I, you know, it's it's a real risk, you know, this Ugas fight. And we may never get to see that Crawford-Spence uh, anticipated matchup. I'm dancing in the studio right now for the Twitch TV cameras. But the bottom line is I'd be playing those loud car crashes as I'd be going into the ring if I was Ugas, the Cuban. I'm, ah! 
bam, bam. I'd be doing all, I, I would be playing all that kind of stuff. Broken glass. I'd be doing all, I'd want to spook Earl Spence as much as I can because I think deep down inside, I don't think anybody ever recovers from something like that. I just don't think you can recover for it. I don't think it's a recoverable event. I just don't. You get thrown out of a car at 150 miles an hour. I don't care if you're drunk or not. You've got some brain bleed. We saw the concussion. The fact there was blood in his eyes around his retinas and this and that. Obviously, he had a, an internal brain bleed. So That's he, right. There's, there's some damage done. I mean, it wasn't like he got up and walked away with a bruise. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I was thinking who can we, you know, Go back to use as a reference, Vinny Pazienza. You know, um, he had a bad car accident, broke his neck, uh, but you know he came back at a much heavier weight. You know, with the aid of uh, let's say some Flintstone vitamins. No, no, I'm gonna tell you about you the know, Tyson. Let, was... me, let me tell you who when 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 who was Tyson fighting? Mc, Peter McNeely, the McNeely, the pizza guy. Okay, mm-hmm. so I'm doing radio in Las Vegas, right. and Don King's got me down there doing all this radio like for a week. And um, Vinny Pazienza sees me, and I wrote in my column in Flash Magazine that he had taken steroids. I put, I was willing to bet my life that he had Straight taken steroids. That I was bet, willing to bet my life that he took steroids. Because they were prescribed after he broke his neck. They were, they were part of a prescription. I understood that. So anyway, he went nuts, and he got in my face right in front of, right in front of like Don King and all this kind of stuff. So I couldn't back down, okay? So I said to him, Oh, I can't say what I was going to say. But anyway, <laughs> I was about to jump up. Um, Mother Ducker. Anyway, bottom line was we went back and forth. I sort of backed Vinny down. Okay, but yeah, that was a, that was that was very stressful. That was I was really really stressed out. That that stressed me out for about fifteen or twenty seconds there. Me and Vinny Pazienza, because I didn't know whether he was going to snap or not. You know. But yeah, Vinny hey, was, Vinny was upset because I wrote that he was on steroids. I said they were prescribed. I didn't say you took illegal steroids. I said you took legal ones. And he still got upset about that. But he did, <laughs> obviously. And he came back at 154 pounds, uh, trim at 154, uh, looking very pretty buffed. And I think, did he capture a belt at 54? Um, I think he, did he knock out uh, Rosenblatt? Dana Rosenblatt? Yeah, I, I think, think he that. might have. And then, of course, he had. A big payday against Roy Jones. Okay. Here's what's up. We're going to try to reset the Skype after this. We're going to go to a phone call, phone line, with either one or the other, because you, there's a delay here. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside looking at the world of boxing and MMA. Of course, brought to you in part by the World Boxing Council. Check out their interactive website at WBCBoxing.com. With Pedro Fernandez. So last night I was looking at the boxing schedule and I realized that uh, June the 7th they have announced this Bantamweight Championship life in Tokyo, Japan. I'm talking about Naneo Inouye, of course, the, the monster. That's what they call him, unbeaten, of course. Beat Nonito Nanair a couple of years ago, but Donaire broke a bone in his face. Of course, it was a great fight. They're going to do it again. Looks like June the 7th in J- Japan, and I'd like to go see that the the Sayatama Super Arena in Sayatama, Japan. I like to go see that. Bottom line is, I was looking at the tickets last night, and for round trip and a hotel, four nights in Tijuana, in Tijuana four nights in Tokyo, <laughs> it's about eleven hundred bucks. So I'm thinking about that. And what do you think of that fight? Is that a good fight there? I mean, Inouye and Donaire. Is Donaire too old at thirty eight? Uh, he may be too old, but no one's giving him the memo, man. Because after that loss, you know he's beaten. By stoppage, two undefeated fighters, man. Uh, Donier Donier, it's time to give him his roses while he's around. He's really 
a Hall of Fame, a walking Hall of Famer, and a guy that's defied, you know, uh, the norm, especially at this weight class, still competing at a high level, and certainly still in the discussion in the top 10 to 12 best pound for fighters in the world. Uh, can he turn back the clock against the monster? We, can, we should find out. You know, I, I don't think so especially fighting him in his hometown. Um, but bet against no needles in there at your own discretion. You know, June, 7th, two, June 7, 2007, 7707, he knocks out Victor Archinian uh, for the IBF 112-pound belt. Victor Archinian wakes up and they ask him, hey, Vic, well, what's it feel like being knocked out? He goes, knocked out? I wasn't even knocked down. What are you talking about? Should interview guys after they've been knocked out, Sock. That is one of the most memorable knockouts of all time. I mean, that... And I would say I would put that up there with like uh, Vincent Petway knocking out Simon Brown when Simon Brown's still punching while he's Her, asleep. Hearns and Duran. Hearns and Duran. It's it's on that list, man. Uh, Sergio Martinez, Paul Williams. It's oh. it's a. I mean, those are like to me. I can't think of off the top of my head. Those are like the most beautiful one punch knockouts we've ever seen. You know, just the guy's soul leaves their body. Um, as callous as it is for me to say that, but. It, it was that that type of devastating, you know, knock them out of reality for a brief moment. Uh, and it's amazing. that 2007 that happened? Wow. Paul Williams, of course, got hurt on a motorcycle. James Shuler got killed on a motorcycle. The day after James, two days after James Shuler fought, uh, Tommy Hearns lost a decision to him. I believe it was a 12-round decision for the NABF belt underneath Hagler and Mugabe in Las Vegas. He uh, was on a motorcycle, and he he died. Diego Corrales died on a motorcycle, although that might have been self-inflicted. Bottom line is, boxers should stay off motorcycles. Absolutely. I would, <laughs> I would, if I was managing a fighter, absolutely. Athletes in general. I mean, motorcycles and and accidents tend to go hand-in-hand. Hand. In scooters. These people are getting whacked out by all, on all these scooters here in the city. And listen, I got, I'm sorry, I hate to say it, but I have no mercy for these people on the scooters because they're breaking laws, they're doing this, they're doing that, and then, bam, you know, they run into an intersection, some car comes through and clips them. You brought that on yourself. You know what? Absolutely. There's more motorists than ever before. Especially, I mean, it's with the new hustle of uh, Uber Eats and DoorDash and all these type of food delivery services, guys are getting around on these motorbikes. Yeah. Same problem in New York City. You know, you ha they don't they don't respect the stop signs. The red light is just there for decoration, and they're paying the consequences. Okay, yeah, I'm glad you brought up Uber Eats. A bowl of chow mein. I'm glad you brought up Uber Eats. A bowl of chow mein mm -hmm. would cost me delivered twenty dollars plus the tip is five bucks. Okay, now that oh. was two weeks ago. Last week I called and it was thirty bucks plus the tip, so it's thirty-five bucks now for a bowl of chow mein, and all of that is like transfer. The bowl, the bowl cost me like eight bucks. So what I'm trying to tell you is, Uber Eats sucks. <laughs> I guess they won't be a sponsor anytime soon. Huh? <laughs> they won't be a sponsor anytime soon. No way, no how. Bottom line is no. You can't listen. They, and, then, and now what they're doing is they're offering me a deal that if I buy Uber Eats, if I become a member for 15 bucks a month, they can give me free delivery, but it says on special deals. In other words, not on everything, just on special deals. I mean, they're a bit of a ripoff. Just put it to you like they're a bit of a ripoff. All right, let's go back to boxing. George Cambosis yeah. and Devin Haney finally signed, of course, June the 4th down in Australia. Um, we went back and forth on this for like months. Finally, they end up going the way they were supposed to go in the first place. Yeah, you know, um, finally get it done. Uh, props to both fighters. Uh, 
we're going to get a legitimate undisputed champion. Although I have, I'm guilty of, you know, I question the legitimacy of Devin Haney being a world champion, but nevertheless, he's got the trinket of WBC around his waist. And on June 5th, we will know who is the true lightweight champion of the world. And I'm looking forward to it. Should be a very good fight. George Cambosis, I could have fought anybody in this, in this stadium fight, but I went for one of the best names. I wanted to fight somebody good. Devin Haney says he's pretty much agreed to everything. Of course, Cambosis wanted negotiations. Caney's trying to say that he rolled over in negotiations, him and his father, Bill, which I think is a great thing to do. I think that if you think you can win, listen, if I think I can beat you, Sock, I don't care how much you pay me this time because I'm going to make it the next time around. Feel me? Absolutely. You said, you said it a while back. Sometimes you got to humble yourself and take the short money. You know, to look at the at the big picture. Um, you're, uh, Cambosis is right. He could he could have fought any schmo, any schmo in, 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 in the top ten, and, and do a pretty good house out in Australia. But no, you know, he's fighting the biggest fight he can he can make at this point, uh, and everything lines up well for, for the Haneys with uh, the war breaking out uh, in Ukraine. So that kind of put Lomachenko out of the mix. Teofimo Lopez basically going AWOL bonkers, and Ryan Garcia in his own world. Hey, the only guy left is Devin Haney, and it's a great fight, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. I, I, still, I think it's a pick-em. Our, our buddy, so, so does Hector. So Ryan, um, uh, speaking of Ryan Garcia, Joe Goosen's bragging about him, boasting about him in the gym and this and that. We'll see if it, you know, he's fighting Emmanuel Tago, who's not considered much of a, uh, a threat in my mind. But the bottom line is, the guy's a live dog. The guy's only lost one fight in his time. He's got a decent record, but still... Uh, Emmanuel Tagos is not going to be a threat, I don't think, for Ryan Garcia. But at the end of the day, we've got Joe Goosen in the corner, and that's a major, major improvement because I think Joe will spend the time with him that his fragile ego needs. I agree. I, I think it's a – I mean, we don't know until, you know, the, the bright lights are on, but I think Joe Goosen is that guy. He, he's, he's the calming dude. He's not – he's, he's been there before. Like, the moment will not be too big for him. He's going to be able to – to give someone who has a fragile psyche enough nurturing that he needs. Obviously, he wasn't getting that. But the Reynosos, he's the, he's he is the man at the uh, at the what is it, Ten Goose Gym? Yeah, Ten Goose. Ten Goose. Ten Goose. Ten Goose boxing. Dan Goosen was the head of the, the the oldest Goosen. There was Ten Goose, Ten of Ten Goosens. So I used to call him Big Bird, and some of the family used to get mad because they thought I was calling him like the Sesame Street character, but I wasn't. I was respecting him because he was the Big Bird of the <laughs> Goosen flock. Yeah, I mean, he was also a very large man too. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't a small guy. He wasn't a small guy. No. No, may no, he re- no, may, no. may he rest in peace. You know, I'll say one thing. He got me advertising money when he was with that company in in uh, in Colorado. We got money when he was advertising in, in California. Dan Goosen was a real good guy to me. Yeah, he was. He was a very nice man. Um, I was around him a couple of times. Very cordial, good guy, personable guy. You know, he liked the media, and uh, he had a good run. You know, he had he had uh, James Tony, uh, Andre, Andre Ward. Ward. Yeah, you know he, he he did his thing, man. He left left his imprint, and but but, but let's be honest. But I, I still think mm-hmm. that uh, I'll do respect to Mr. Goosen, but I think that Bob Arum or Don King would have made a bigger star of Andre Ward. Yeah, uh, probably so, probably so. Um, but Andre Andre's a great guy and a decent guy, and, and and sometimes for American fighters that doesn't translate to stardom, you know. No, but I, but here's what he's also a control, bro. He's also the biggest control freak I've ever met in my life. 
okay? And he wants to control everything. In other words, that's why he, he I think that's why he went with Goose and those guys, because he couldn't, he couldn't control Aram and or King. They would have told him just like it was. So for lesser money, he got control. Feel me? Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, and, and I know you know Andre going back way before anyone else knew him. You know, oh, I, man. The poor, I, hey, the I mean, poor you know, kid, I'll never forget when, it, when, 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 when Marsha King told me, he lost. I go, what do you mean he lost? He goes, he didn't, they robbed him. So the only fight he ever lost in his life, they stole from him. Bottom line is we're talking about Andre Ward, 2004 Olympic gold medalist out of Oakland, California. This is a Bronx bomber, of course. Socrates Palmer Jr. appears on Ring Talk Live Worldwide and WBC-TV each and every Saturday. All the best to you, Bronx Bomber. Have a great week. You too, brother. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Tower of power to the break. Check it. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide, often imitated but never duplicated. 37 make that 38 plus years now of knocking out all bums. Who am I? You know, Pedro Fernandez. Straight up, this is Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Want to mention the fact that I went to Southern California last week to take some educational courses. Yeah, I'm still trying to get smart. Not smart enough. Anyway, bottom line is um, I also went to a concert Friday night at the Toyota Arena in uh, Ontario, California. The Delphonics, the uh, Russell Tompkins' new version of the Stylistics. The Dramatics were supposed to play. The Shy Life was supposed to play. They didn't. Um, the bottom line is the Delphonics played. Er, uh, Ron Isley, the Isley Brothers, they stole the show without a doubt. But there was like 15, Eddie Holm, and I keep going, like 15 or 20 groups. All kind of, too much talent. But the bottom line is at 1.30 in the morning, the cops shut it down because it was 1.30 in the morning. I mean, you know, if you got an arena and you're supposed to run until like 11:30, and you run two hours later, ee, the the municipality is going to have a problem with that. So is the arena. But the bottom line is, Snoop Doggy Dogg, I guess they were backstage smoking all kinds of weed because they sent these Mexican people out there to uh, do a Mexican concert, like before the concert. They were up there going, ah, yeah, yeah, I don't know, man. It was like it was like the like the Frito Bandito song. I kid you not, it was over and over. What are they doing? What are they doing? This is an oldies concert. Anyway, finally the music rolled in about nine o'clock. 9.05, of course. So I looked at my clock and I realized with all these acts here, unless they all play one song each, this ain't gonna, this is not going to work. And it didn't work. 1.30 in the morning, the cops shut it down. So I'm trying to get a refund as I speak. Should I get a refund, Daniel? Two groups didn't show up. I should get, I should get my money back. Bottom line, it was $125 for a ticket. So sold out, 10,000 people. So uh, people are getting used to going out again. Of course, I'm seeing people in L.A. I'm seeing people here in the city by the bay. Some people are still wearing the mask. Some people aren't. I'm trying to wear the mask as, as often as I can. Daniel's trying to wear the mask as often as he can. We're all trying to do our, our own little self-policing this night because nobody really wants to get sick anymore. Speaking of sick, um, one of my childhood buddies died last week from COVID. Yeah, he wouldn't go get the vaccine. He wouldn't go get the vaccine. Plus, he had a meth problem, too. So I sort of, yeah, yeah, he was a meth addict. But, but the bottom line is Alfonso wouldn't go. I won't mention his last name. Alfonso wouldn't go get the vaccine. So they saw him at a funeral or they saw him at some, some wake or something like that a couple days before he died. They go, hey, man, you look bad. He goes, yeah, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Well, he never went to the doctor. Two days later, they took him to the doctor and he was dead a day later. Bottom line is, may he rest in peace, Alfonso Sotomayor. You are tuning to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside looking to the world of boxing and MMA. So if you haven't got the vaccine, you can still die. I'm sorry, but you can still die if you haven't got the vaccine. I got the booster. I'm, you know, I'm all up to date on the booster and that kind of good stuff. But if you haven't got the vaccine, Alfonso's dead. Think about that. 
he was a decently healthy guy. Outside of the meth problem, he was a decent, pretty healthy guy. How can you say, how can a meth guy be decently healthy? How could, that's an oxymoron if there ever was one. Bottom line is, may he rest in peace. You are tuning to Ring Talk Live Worldwide, your inside look into the world of boxing and MMA. Of course, we are one week away from the zone showing us the undefeated. Take it back. Yeah, the once beaten, Ryota Murata. What's he got? One of those one of those 160-pound belts. Shinati Golovkin, I think, has got another 160-pound belt. Of course, they are the... Um, Two of the good guys at 160, of course, Charlo, the Jermel Charlo, 160-pound WBC champion as well, so, as well as a good fighter at 160. But Golovkin, once beaten, 41-1-1, of course, that one draw, that one loss to Canelo Alvarez. Of course, he lost in the draw. The first draw was somewhat controversial. People say, hey, he might have, Canelo might have lost that one. But anyway, the second time around, Canelo beat Triple G, no doubt about that. Now Triple G is like, he's older than me and Daniel put together. He's like 95 years old, 98 years old, 100 years old. I kid you not. He's so old. He's going to be able to beat Murata, but he would never, never, ever beat uh, Canelo Alvarez at this point in time. Of course, that's the plan for Canelo to take on Dimitri Bivol in May, May the 7th. Of course, that's in Las Vegas. Of course, that's on the um, Zone pay-per-view, and I've got a problem with that because the bottom line is the Zone's whole concept for, um, for, for business concept was, listen, hi, I'm the Zone. I want to sell boxing to you. I want you to watch boxing on my channel. But guess what? I don't want you to have to pay-per-view pay, pay per view anymore. That's right. No more pay-per-view buys. Just buy my channel, and you'll never have to pay for pay-per-view again. Then three years go by, and these guys decide, well, guess what? We're not making enough money. We're making money, but we're not making enough. So we're going to tag pay-per-views on top of this. So now it's 70 bucks, $69.99 if you have a DAZN membership. And it's 90 bucks if you don't have a DAZN membership to see this card on the 7th. Of course, I'm talking about Dimitri Bivol, undefeated, defending the light heavyweight title against pound-for-pound pound king, once-beaten Canelo Alvarez. Of course, got the one beat and one loss to Floyd Mayweather, the one draw as well, but he is a pound-for-pound pound king of boxing, no doubt about that. Now, Golovkin and Murata next week. You know, the idea here is if you're, if you're writing a script and you want things to look good for November, Golovkin's going to go over here and, like, destroy the Japanese guy. That's the way you want it to go down. You want to destroy the Japanese guy. Triple G is back. Triple G is back. So they, they can hype that up and talk all kinds of smack this and that, of course. And then if, um, if Canelo comes through with his part of the bargain, of course, in, in May and beats Dimitri Bivol, they will hook it up in either September or November, most likely in September for the Mexican Independence Day. Of course, I like it when Canelo fights three times a year. But I'm not Canelo, so I'm not the boss. But the bottom line is, pound for pound, King of course, is going to go May the 7th again in September or November. And the opponents already picked. I wanted him to fight David Benavidez. Of course, David Benavidez is a very solid fighter, no doubt about that. Jamel Charlo was challenged by Mike Tyson on the, uh, what do they call it, the Puff Up show, whatever Mike Tyson going, puffing up, something like that. Puffing stuff. Ah, Mike's got a weed show. Anyway, on a podcast, and he put Charlo on the spot. He said, man, why don't you fight this guy before you're, like, too old to fight him? And he goes, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, anyway, bottom line is, Charlo at 160 has not got the intentional fortitude that I think he, I think he should have. He's 32-0 and 0 with, like, 20-something knockouts, but he's 32, 33 years old. I mean, he's getting old now. The Houston native, yeah, he can draw in Houston, but can you draw anywhere else? I don't think he can. I really don't think he can. In fact, both the Charlo brothers, I've sort of got... You know, how can I put this? Not a big fan of the Charlo brothers. The reason being is I just don't think they're that good, and I think they've been put in a good position by Al Heyman. Al Heyman is a genius as far as getting boxing stuff is concerned. He's a Harvard graduate. He's done things. He's got a little street in him, a little ghetto in him, and he's got the Harvard side as well. So Al Heyman's got to go on. Of course, Jamel Charlo, the 154-pounder, is going to rematch with Brian Castano. I think they fought to a draw the last time. That's going to go down on May the 14th on Showtime. Of course, that's for the undisputed 
uh, WBA, WBC, WBO, and IBF junior middleweight titles, 154 pounds. Of course, the 14th, Sergey Kovalev, sick of forking him. He's way done, way, way done. Former light heavyweight champion. Of course, Andre Ward knocked him out a few years ago when Andre retired after having that controversial first fight with Sergey. Of course, first fight was a bit controversial. The second fight, Andre Ward beat that you-know-what. But he's taking on Sergey. He's taking on Turvel Pulev. Uh, big deal. It's going to be at the Forum in Los Angeles, California. Two Russians fighting at the Forum. I guess that should go over real well. Yeah, not. 20th, David Benavides, of course, taking on David Lemieux. David Lemieux being the Canadian star, of course, at one point in time, pound for pound. A good fighter. Maybe top 20, somewhere around that. Maybe top 10 as far as middleweight's concerned. But now he's fighting the super middleweight. And, of course, taking on the monster, David Benavides, undefeated. He lost the WBC middleweight title on the scale. He has never lost a fight professionally. Of course, he is a guy that Canelo Alvarez should fight. But Canelo's going to wait until he's like... Until he's in a perfect position to fight him, because I think he's the only real threat to Canelo Alvarez right now. David Benavides, David Lemieux going to go on Showtime, and that's going to go down May 21st. Now, May 21st, also, a fight you don't even need to watch. It's going to be on BTS Sports, but guess what? You can skip it, because it's going to be in the U.K. anyway. Demetrius Andrade. Who's he? He's undefeated cat. I think he's out of Boston, Massachusetts, somewhere around there. But the bottom line is, he's had a 154-pound title. He gave that to it. It was a vacant title. He won a vacant 154-pound title with WBO. He won a vacant 160-pound title with a vacant vacant with the WBO. And now he's going to fighting for a WBO 168-pound title. He's never fought a champion. He's and that's when Canelo said, "Hey man, who you fight? Who you fight? You got belts. You never fight nobody." Yeah, he doesn't fight anybody anyway. Now he's taking out Zach Parker. He's got to go across the pond to make some money. But the bottom line is, you know, he's a he's a, I, I don't want to say he's a fraud, but some people like the way Demetrius does this thing. I don't like the way he does. I think he's very unentertaining. Unentertaining. Bottom line is, if Zach Parker can knock him off, he probably won't be able to. But if Zach Parker can knock him off, boxing will probably be a better game because one less dull guy around. Speaking of dull guys, neither of these guys are dull. Whoa. Gervonta Davis, the tank, undefeated. What's he, 27 and something like that? Raleigh Romero, Rolando Romero. He's nuts as nutty, nuttier than a fruitcake. But the bottom line is, he's undefeated as well. Decent record, of course, both guys coming in here undefeated. Some of these others got to go. Of course, it's going to go down in Brooklyn, New York at the Barclays Center. It'll be on pay-per-view May 28th, Saturday night. I think it's a great fight. The WBA regular lightweight title. The reason why I say that is that Raleigh talks a good game. Raleigh talks better than me. Raleigh talks like, come on. Raleigh's, Raleigh's insane. Raleigh says stupid stuff. Raleigh says stupid spit. When I say spit on this show, you know I mean spit with an H. Raleigh says stupid spit all the time, but he's entertaining. And Javante Davis, He's entertaining as well. In fact, Javante, one of the poorest speakers in the history of boxing, uh, has got now, he's, he's got my backing as far as his public speaking skills are concerned. When he caught, when he had uh, Raleigh Romero at a 110-degree press conference wearing a fur jacket, and he dogged him about it. He goes, hey, man, it's, it's hotter than spit in here. Of course, he said spit with an H as well, okay? And Raleigh rolled with it. But the bottom line is Raleigh Romero and, and Javante Davis going to go down May 28th. That's going to be one worth watching, I think, for, I won't say fight of the year, but it will be entertaining because whether Raleigh wins or loses, Raleigh's going to try, and Raleigh's going to talk. And Raleigh talks a good game. Javante Davis, he talks a good game too, but he also Fights a good game. Both are undefeated. Some of these others got to go. As far as the upcoming fights after that, of course, Cambosas and Haney going on the 4th. Uh, Nanael Inno, I mentioned that. Nonito Donaire, the June 7th in Tokyo. I hope to be there. June 18th, Jamal Charlo, the WBC middleweight champion, taking on a guy by the name of Masaf Suleki. Okay, another well-known guy. That's why he's, that's why he's undefeated at 32-0, 33-0. He fights guys by the name of Masaf Saluki, who the hell is Massive? Does anybody know who Matt? Nobody knows Massive. Massive Saluki, his brother doesn't know he's a professional fighter. 
He has no idea. This guy's like, hey, who the hell is he? And by the bottom line is they're fighting in Houston at some uh, arena to be named because it's going to be on Showtime June 18th. Man, Charlotte needs to step up and grow. Set, no doubt about that. Ray Vargas and Mark Maceo are going to hook it up. That's going to be on Showtime as well. July the 9th, of course, come to from San Antonio. Both those guys will fight for the WBC featherweight title. Man, that was a good fight. Mark Maceo is a good fighter. He's a real good fighter. He upset the apple cart the last time. And Ray Vargas is a real deal. So something's going to give there, no doubt about that. But the fight I'm looking forward to, Pound for pound, without a doubt, Canelo Alvarez and Dimitri Bivol. Why do I say that? Because although some people think that Bivol's a bum, I can't believe they say that. With this solid amateur background, this guy's got a good amateur pedigree, okay? Some people think he's a bum. Some people think he can't take a shot. I mean, the guy's on. Un- How can you say this stuff when the guy's undefeated? He's unbeaten. And, you know, he's unbeaten. He's a naturally bigger guy. Remember, size matters in two things pornography and combat sports. This is combat sports. So what I'm trying to tell you is there's a natural size advantage for one guy. Now, can the other guy capitalize on that? Sometimes can the other guy make good on that? Sometimes he can, sometimes he can't. But the bottom line is you're talking about pound-for-pound fighters in the world right now. Canelo Alvarez is the best fighter pound-for-pound in the world. But, 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 he didn't... You know, he wants to follow in Chavez's footsteps. He wants to be known as the greatest fighter out of Mexico. And maybe some people think he's better than Chavez now and all that kind of good stuff. I don't know. But the bottom line is, you know, Benavides is really the threat. And he's really been the baddest dude on the block. I'm talking about Canelo and took his and, and set his took out his set and laid him on the table. You know I'm talking about a set, right? Laid him on the table, he would have fought Benavides first or Charlo first. They had they offered him a deal. It was hundred million bucks he would fight Charlo first for the WBC middleweight title and Jamal Charlo undefeated, as I said, 32 and zip, and then he would fight Benavides in September or November. Now, he turned that down because it was a $100 million deal. wasn't enough money from Al Heyman because the bottom line is Canelo's probably going to make, they told me he's going to make $70 million bucks in this next fight with Dimitri Bivol. So if he can make 70 in that, why should he make 50 for two fights? Make 70 in one fight. Makes sense. Makes dollars and cents. Anyway, pound for pound king, no doubt about that. He will make some money come May the 7th. Of course, that will be on pay-per-view. I ask you, I implore you that you not buy the pay-per-view, that you go over to Daniel's house. Daniel will be showing the fight on pay-per-view in his house, and he will come over, and anybody can go watch you over at Daniel's house. I will give his address out next week. But the bottom line is Daniel will be showing the fight for free at his house in violation of the pay-per-view and copyright laws and all that kind of good stuff, and he's charging at the door. Anyway, no, uh, if you can go to a theater, you can go to, like, there's a strip club up the street. A strip club up the street, like Carol Dota Strip Club, Roaring 20, something like that. You can go up there and watch a fight for 20 bucks. You can watch the strippers as well. I don't dig the strippers. Eh, I'm getting too old. Um, but the bottom line is the fight's what's happening. Okay? So if you can watch it on pay-per-view through somebody's window, get your binoculars, like they, they could pull up their shade and watch it through somebody's window, something like that, or, or go over to somebody's house or get you. And I'm, not, I'm not advocating getting yourself. No, 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 no. I'm not advocating getting a streaming service or anything like that and doing anything illegally. Wink, wink. I'm not, I'm not saying that. What I'm trying to say is that, you might want to explore that, but you really want to just, you know, go over somebody's house and watch it. Like, you guys all put together and, like, put 15 people in the same room, have them put, like, five bucks a piece and do something like that. Because the bottom line is 80 bucks for a fight, although Canelo Alvarez is worth 80 bucks. I think he gives because you look at it this way. Would you pay 80 bucks to go see that fight live? Hell yeah. Hell, without a doubt. So 80 bucks on pay-per-view is a steal. But it's not a steal when the zone ends up tricking you. It's called trickeration. You ever heard of that word before, Daniel? Trickeration? That's one of Don King's great words. Trickeration. Yeah, that's what it's called. Trickeration. When they sign you up on a deal for 25 bucks a month, first it was 10 bucks a month, then it was like 20, okay? but 25 bucks a month, you don't have to pay, ever pay pay per view in your life, and then they come back to you three years, three years later, and you have to pay pay per view. Guess what? That is fraud, in my mind. 
And remember Mark Risman, the attorney from Las Vegas, of course, in California as well, he said last week you think that's grounds for a class action lawsuit. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide Tower of Power. This time is real to the break. I don't know where to go here, but I'm going to mention the fact that today is April the 2nd, and in 1927 in Canasota, New York, where the Boxing Hall of Fame is, the International Boxing Hall of Fame is, Carmen Basile was born there. Of course, he was the first man to beat Ray Robinson, I believe. Of course, he beat Ray for the title. He was a bad dude. He was a wonderful guy to be around. He was always a jokester. He was happy to be around. I mean, he was just a wonderful, wonderful man to be around. He died at age 85 in 2012, but he came on this show one time after I sung him happy birthday, and he insulted me. Daniel, you know what he said to me? He said, son, what did you do with the money? And I said, money? What are you talking about, sir? He goes, the money your mother gave you for singing lessons because you couldn't hold a note if you put it in your pocket. And I said, oh, okay. Bottom line is I never sung anybody happy birthday after that. But Carmen Basilio, has, today is his birthday, April 2nd. He was born in 2000. I take that back in 1927, so I wish him the absolute best, no doubt about that. Pound for pound, of course, he was to beat, to beat Ray Robinson, you know, and he, I, I used to tell him, say, you know, if Ray was the best ever and you beat him, what does that mean? He goes, he got beat by an onion farmer? He goes, come on, man. He's not, he wasn't the best fighter pound for in the world. That was just a, a myth, a bunch of BS at the point in time. Ray wasn't that good. He thinks that Hagler would have beat Ray. He thinks that Ray Rob, Ray Leonard might have beat Ray. I mean, some of those guys in, in the 80s and this and that, I mean, Carmen Basilio thought that if he could beat him, if limited-ass Carmen Basilio, little short-arm Carmen could beat him, Ray Robinson, these other guys could have beat him as well. Of course, I've always thought that Ray Robinson, may he rest in peace. Of course, I spent some time with him, interviewed him in 84, around the Duran Hearns fight, uh, June of 84. Um, I wish him, I, I, I have the utmost respect for him, but the bottom line is, I don't think he could have, I don't think he would have been super sugar in this time, in this era. I really don't think so. I think the guys of this era would have been able to handle him. Anyway, speaking of handling, this has been Ring Talk Live Worldwide, your inside look into the world of boxing and MMA. Of course, you're boxing bar by the <coughs> World Boxing Council. Check out their interactive website, wbcboxing.com. I want to say hello to main event Matt in St. Louis, Missouri. Of course, all those people out there, I want to wish him the very best. Daniel's on the other side. Of course, he's taking care of the production this week. He's my man on Saturdays. This is Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Don't forget, Saturday and Sunday, 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time. You can catch us on iHeartRadio, SiriusXM, Satellite Radio, Channel 217, the Twitch archives. Bottom line is we got it going on. This is Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Thank you so much for tuning in to the longest-running fight show in history, Ring Talk Live Worldwide.